out of Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good afternoon. It is day 52 of 100 Days of Colin. I've been keeping track. Day 52. 100 Days of Colin. So here we are. Um, we got a quite a lot of AI update and tech roundtable news. Uh, a lot of it privacy, which is probably not going to be a surprise. I'm going to send uh, an update to come to the roundtable. Invite your friends, my friends. Roundtable. All right, there we go. With an L-E, not an E-L. Okay. Wah, wah. There it goes. Excellent. Okay. So this week, uh, there was an interesting AR-VR conference uh, that took place in, let's see here, September 14th. That was that was a couple days ago. I think that was Tuesday or Wednesday. And Daryl Isa gave a keynote speech on that, so I'll make sure to put that in the comments. And it's just basically some AR VR policy just wanted to put it out there just to read a quick graph here Daryl Issa gave a keynote address on behalf of the Reality Caucus calling on tech giants to use their massive investment for good one emissary on hand from that world who heard his plea was Meta's Christina Jackson who during a panel on online safety and free speech and content moderation in the new digital town square elaborated on a proposal for shared meta- metaverse governance the company's president of global affairs, Nick Clegg, published this earlier this year. So whatever you think of Nick Clegg, he's uh, he's trying to architect governance for the metaverse. I don't know what that's going to look like. I think, you know, it's all very crazy. Um, and this is quickly, quickly, quickly moving. Uh, for instance, Texas social media censorship law will go into effect after the federal court lifted its block. And this is from the Houston Chronicle. So the ruling was Friday, that's yesterday, from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Likely means the case, which could have wide implications for online speech, will go before the U.S. Supreme Court again. And so a Texas law prohibiting large social media companies from banning users' posts based on their political viewpoints will go into effect after a federal appeals court on Friday lifted a block placed on the statute. NetChoice and the Computer and Communications Industry Association sued Texas after the law known as House Bill 20 was passed last year, arguing that internet companies have a First Amendment right to curate content posted on their platform and decide which types of speech they saw fit to be there. In its ruling, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals disagreed with the plaintiff's argument that the law was unconstitutional, saying they were seeking protection to muzzle free speech, and which would account for the kind of pithy, like, that was coming from Karthik yesterday, like maybe he knew something that I didn't, at the time, uh, he says, "Well, there may be there may be some censorship on the platform." Like, oh, oh, really? Oh, well, I'm in Texas. This is Texas speech, so I don't think so. Today, we reject the idea that corporations have a freewheeling First Amendment right to censor what people say. The ruling says, "The CCIA said that the ruling forced tech companies to give equal treatment to all manners of speech, including the 
extremist views. Which, I don't know what that means anymore. <laughs> sometimes there are extremist views. Uh, sometimes there aren't. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. So, uh, we strongly disagree with the court's decision forcing private companies to give equal treatment to all viewpoints on their platforms, places, foreign propaganda, and extremism on equal footing with decent internet users. It's all gotta go in. Ugh. And places Americans at risk for the group. Uh, God bless America and death to America are both viewpoints, and it is unwise and unconstitutional for the state of Texas to compel a private business to treat those as the same. Hmm. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who has defended the law, celebrated the court's decision. I just secured a massive victory for the Constitution and free speech in the federal court. Hashtag Big Tech cannot censor political voices of any Texan, he wrote on Twitter. Twitter. The Supreme Court in May placed an injunction on the law while a legal challenge against it went through the court system. The Fifth Court of Appeals ruling Friday likely means that the case would have wide implications on free speech will go before the high court again. So that's enough of that. It just so happens we have also not heard from the Heritage Foundation. We've heard from everybody else but the Heritage Foundation uh, on Twitter. Twitter whistleblower reveals no other choice. Congress must act to protect data privacy. Well, this is news to me, honestly. Honestly. Because in the past, the Republicans have been super hawkish against data privacy or privacy interpersonal privacy, personal privacy, uh, because national security and everything national security. They just, they just, they just, neocon merged with Obama politic, the Hillary neoliberal vanguard, and was like, eh, we hate privacy. All your data are belong to us. And maybe it's not that way anymore. This is from Will Thibodeau. So there's, Key takeaways. Zacco detailed a systemic lack of institutional concern for users' data privacy or platform security throughout his tenure as Twitter's security chief. And then two, because of Mudge's testimony, we know at least of one Chinese spy, at least one, who worked at Twitter. And then there was a Saudi and an Indian spy. Is there anybody else spying on Americans? Does anybody else want to come to the front and just tell everyone that you're a spy? Thank you. Congress should pursue an all-encompassing tech legislation that includes antitrust measures, speech protections, data privacy, and child protection. Well, I agree with all of that. What took you so long, Heritage? Mm. So, we covered a lot of this um, earlier in the week, you know, four or five days ago. So, I encourage you to go back and kind of float through the unsanctioned citizen... Twitter whistleblower expose coverage there. So G7 privacy regulators are aiming to ease turbulent international data flows. Again, very speculative. Don't don't really trust so much. Got to keep an eye on this one. So privacy regulators from the group of seven countries met in Bonn, Germany this week to discuss ways to allow data to move even sm more smoothly between the world's wealthiest countries. Legal deals underpinning bilateral data flows exist among most members of the G7, which comprise the U.S., U.K., Germany, Italy, France, Japan, and Canada. But a final legal te text of the new U.S.-European Union agreement hasn't been published yet after 
negotiations said in, were set in March, and they reached a preliminary deal. Quote, the only piece of the puzzle that is missing is the transatlantic agreement, says somebody whose name I can't read, uh, the European Data Protection Supervisor, who attended the two-day meeting in Bonn. A previous data transfer agreement between the U.S. and EU, known as the Privacy Shield, was ruled illegal by the top court in 2020, in part because challengers successfully argued that American government surveillance, Section 702, which is an issue, uh, posed a threat to Europeans' privacy if their data was moved to the United States. Even after the new agreement is published, officials from European countries will have to approve it. So there it is. That's where it be. So surveillance reform is coming up for public comment. The Privacy and Civil Liberties Oversight Board is seeking comments on Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, and that does have meaning if you... Okay, how is this germane? Okay, so the G7 and these transatlantic data flows. We have Five Eyes agreements with these countries, the FEI, and that's Britain, Canada, the United States, Australia, and New Zealand. They all, they all can cross by and trade information on, like, New Zealanders can spy on Americans and give that information to, like, our foreign intelligence core. So, you know, the, the ways, like, if, if Britain can successfully spy on Americans, then this, the CIA, who's a foreign actor, would get the intelligence. And if Canada did that, if they spied on Americans, they would, you know. And I think I think you get it. I think you understand that if a Five Eyes actor spies on Americans, then the foreign intelligence um, core here in the United States can get access to the information. So there's supposed to be limits on that. Um, but Section 702 is one of those things that, you know, they are supposed to have a warrant for this. And unfortunately, there was a warrantless contingency, and that's the Section 702. It's warrantless, rubber-stamped, complete and utter crossover mass surveillance. And it's due to sunset in 2023. So if I have, I have an opinion on my own program, it's to just let the damn thing sunset and don't renew it again. A la Patriot Act because we security theater ongoing for years not really making us safer NSA left us open for Chinese advanced persistent advanced persistent threat attacks okay left the nest open totally got us it's a trigger it's terrible I'm gonna move on Governor Newsom signs a first-in-nation bill protecting child's online privacy and data. Good. Good for him. Good for him and good for California because a lot of our data is centered there. And a lot of child data is centered there. So, okay, good. Very good. Sacramento Gavin Newsom today pronounced that he had signed a bipartisan landmark legislation aimed at protecting the well-being, data, and privacy of children using online platforms. AB 2273 by Assemblymember Buffy Wicks of Oakland and Assemblymember Jordan Cunningham 
Republican of San Luis Obispo, establishes that the California Age Appropriate Design Code Act, which requires online platforms to consider the best internet, oh, sorry, interest of child users, and to default to privacy and safety settings that protect ch children's mental and physical health and well-being. Quote, we're taking aggressive action in California to protect the health and well-being of our kids, said Governor Newsom. As a father of four, I'm familiar with the real issues our children are experiencing online, and I'm thankful to Assembly Members Wicks and Cunningham and the tech industry for pushing these protections and putting the well-being of our kids first. AB 2273 prohibits companies that provide online services products or features likely to be accessed by children from using a child's personal information, collecting, selling, or retaining a child's geolocation information, profiling a child by default, and leading or encouraging children to provide personal information. So this is California state law today. The bill also requires that privacy information, terms of service, policies, and community standards be easily accessible and upheld and requires responsive tools to help children exercise their privacy rights. The bipartisan legislation strikes a balance that protects kids and ensures that technology companies will have clear rules of the road that will allow them to continue to innovate. And this is really good. I'm beginning to see a pattern emerging. A pattern. And that's that privacy is getting this kind of binaural coalition. They, they're getting they're getting their sea legs of call and response privacy over here privacy over here so it's looking like we could probably get privacy done if certain people certain interest in Congress kind of work their work their levels out so I think that the obstruction in Washington is actually the gray matter and when I say the gray matter, I mean the gray market. That's the the market for government uh, approaches to personal data where they come by it from the companies. So that is the one piece that isn't being approached. And the minute you go there, everyone who touches data from a legal standpoint is we can't find it, we can't find it, we don't know where it is, therefore you can't regulate it. Well, that's not necessarily so. And so we've got to stop playing that game and stop playing like, let's nail Jello to the wall. There's ways and they can clean it up, but they have to be compelled to do so by law. That's my staunch belief. So what are some of the other obstructions in this in this pantheon of excuses. Well, one is dark patterns. And dark pa patterns is the way that, say your AI collects data, because it will just kind of spider and get everything. And so there's a difference between a deceptive, deceptive architecture and then just a dark pattern. So I just wanted to make a distinction there. So quickly, dark patterns powered by machine learning is an intelligent combination. Like millions of others, Netflix recommended, no it didn't, autoplay the Social Dilemma documentary to my iPhone, and it made an impression. A dark pattern is a user interface that is intentionally lead misleading you. So it's a deceptive practice. And it's industry-wide, 
but they haven't really wrapped their regulatory arms around how to, to, to really just call it that. So there's dark patterns in sales. So the goal is get the user to sign up. Regular power user opens YouTube once a day, spends 20 minutes watching videos, consumes eight ads per session, but skips each ad before the ad finishes. Closes YouTube during ad, bounces, but returns within 10 minutes. Request full screen takeover, asking to sign up and remove ads. Request to design A and of 18 possible designs dismissed. Users who dismiss request A often respond, respond to request C. Next time, run in design C. Increase ad play directly after dismissing the records and the request to remove ads. Continue until the user signs up. So it's it's really like a game of cups. And they'll keep moving the goalpost until it, it, it just pursues you. So I'm going to put a... A graphic somewhere in here I'll probably put it in the link to it in this in the comment section along with the sources to everything I've read here in the show all right so who's using dark patterns right now that might be of of interest uh, TikTok TikTok browsers can track users keystrokes according to new research that's a dark pattern issue in the web browser used within the TikTok app, supplementary code lets the company track every character typed by users. The company said the capability was for troubleshooting. Hmm, okay. The web browser used within TikTok can track every keystroke made by its users according to new research that is surfacing as the Chinese-owned video app grapples with U.S. lawmakers' concerns over its data practices. Now, I just want to remind everybody who, who, may, who may be listening is that there's the PIPL law, which everything that comes through Chinese proprietary software, social platforms, etc., um, they say that data is owned by the Chinese people, like by the government. And so the law, and that's so that it may be protected. As, as their data. So if the Chinese government own the data, then they shall protect it. And that's their version of their privacy law. Um, but it does not, it appears to be more like spying when you're a U.S. citizen because how can, how can Chinese, you know, governments own a U.S. citizen's data? That's how they see it. I just want to show you that, and then I'll move on. So, the research from Felix Krauss, a privacy researcher and former Google engineer, did not show up, show how TikTok used the capability, which is embedded within the app browser, that pops up when someone clicks an outside link. But, Mr. Krauss said the development was concerning because it showed TikTok had built-in functionality to track users' online habits if it chose to do so. Collecting information on what people type on their phones while visiting outside websites, can, which can reveal credit card numbers and passwords, is often a feature of malware and other hacking tools. While major technology companies might use such trackers as they test new software, it is not common for them to release a major commercial app with the feature, whether or not it is enabled. So based on 
Krauss's findings, the way TikTok's custom in-app browser monitors keystrokes is problematic, as the user might enter their sensitive data, such as login credentials, on external websites, said Ma Jane Manchin Wong, an independent software engineer and security researcher who studies apps for new features. She said TikTok's in-app browser could extract information from the user's external browsing sessions, which some users find overreaching. Hmm. So in a statement, TikTok, which is owned by Chinese internet firm ByteDance, said Mr. Krause's report was incorrect and misleading, and that the feature was used for debugging, troubleshooting, and performance monitoring. Contrary to the report's claims, we do not collect keystroke or text inputs through this code, TikTok said. Mr. Krause, 28, said that he was unable to ascertain whether keystrokes were actively being tracked and whether the data was being sent to TikTok. So, it's inconclusive. Just hearsay at this point. So, I think that's enough for now. That's a nice hedge. I'll just read just a few more graphs here from a Medium article um, penned by one Carolyn Cinders. And what's in a name? Unpacking dark patterns, dark patterns versus deceptive design. Have you? So here, one of the things I do aside from writing here is making art. Is uh, is run a human rights design and research lab, and one of four research projects is on dark patterns and their impacts on policy technology and consumers. Over the next few months, some of my articles on this column will be on dark patterns. And one of the first topics I want to address is should dark patterns even be called dark patterns? Harry Brignall, a design researcher, creator of the ter term dark patterns, defines dark patterns as manipulative or deceptive tricks in software that gets users to complete an action they would not otherwise have done if they had understood it or had a choice at the time. The term dark patterns was coined in 2010 when conversations on decolonization and identity politics were not where they are today. Calling bad or harmful design dark today seems really not right. It feels racist and a bit connolist. Okay, I can't say that. Organizations like the Web Foundation and the Mozilla Foundation, along with other designers, have called out the phrase dark pattern for being harmful too. Oh no. Oh no, I'm being down a hole. The word dark is gonna become racist. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I did this to you. I'll just X out of this and go to the talk piece of our show. Sorry. That was sent to me as good information by somebody else. I feel like I was, I was, um, I don't know. I felt like it was, what is it? Where, like a phishing, like a phishing scam, for, but it was news. So, would anybody like to come up and talk about any of this AI update and tech roundtable rebel? We're 24 minutes in. We've got six minutes left. Boy, it's quiet today. <laughs> I'll just pick on somebody. Miranda usually doesn't like to talk, so I'll just pick on Nate, see if he'll come talk to us. Oh, there's Jonathan. He'll come talk. Okay. Hi, Jonathan. Hold on. I need to pick something. I can hear you can clicking. You just 
Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. Yeah, nobody Why? else. Hit the I hit the button. Yeah, I actually have a brother who works in California doing things related to interdiction, they call it, basically fighting cartels. But he is one of these people that has access to everything Edward Snowden told us that they have access to. You can go oh, look up anything about Why it. were you holding out? <laughs> well, you know. What, where I, is that clicking coming from? Is that Where is that clicking coming from? That's me adjusting my uh, headset here. Trying to hear everything. But yeah, is, have you ever seen uh, Westworld? I have. Season 3, do you remember the big machines that were named after Hebrew kings? No, I didn't get that far in. Well, it's like, yeah, it's, it's sort of a reference to Isaac Asimov's. He's maybe Isaac Asimov, maybe the greatest sci-fi author of all time, and he has a, a whole universe in which most of his stories take place, like uh, like Tolkien, right? Like uh, his disparate stories that take place in different eons, but they're all the same universe, beginning to end. He's got a bunch of them like that, and there's this thing called multivac, which is referenced in season three of Rest World, which is a big AI that sort of it ends up telling people how to avoid problems and it's like do this and you'll avoid. Yeah, yeah, but it profiles everybody as mm. it you know that's what that's what you do. That's what our brains do too. They make shortcuts for the sake of ease. But there's a problem where if they profile you as not a good investment, you get... You could call it a social credit score of yeah. sorts. There used to be room for outliers, though, because, but this machine being the thing people reference makes it a self-fulfilling prophecy. If it profiles you as 49%, not 51%, you become zero because you're not as good of an investment as somebody else. And you just get pushed out the bottom of society. And so the whole season, I forget the guy's name. He's the one who plays the kid in Breaking Bad, uh, the younger one. I didn't even see that show either, but I, I recognize his face. He does a pretty good job. The actor, you, yeah. Yeah, you. I think if you've seen some Westworld, I just recommend that you keep going. Okay. Because you you might enjoy season three, and the, it's just up the alley of what you've been talking about. Because and having known what my brother goes through every day, it's not like technically privacy has been dead for a long time in a technical way all the information is there for the taking but they do not right have i mean it, it, the data is manufactured no matter what yeah. and, and they don't have enough eyeballs to look at you all day long nobody's watching me because who the fuck am i i'm not worth a set of human eyeballs right well what, AI, worthy or not they they have spidering capability that can get it and you know so it's it's so weird the way that this has been played in the past which is really unnerving is that, you know, uh, we don't care about you, you're a nobody, um, yet we have all your data and Until don't try anything. Right, and, and so that's that's kind of co counterintuitive. It's reductive of our rights. Con it, it really kind of says that you're nobody, so it dismisses your concerns and your rights over, over yeah. the data. Cash. But if you take you one own... step out of line, they can yeah, haunt you with that, every you bad go. thing you've ever done. I guess that's there. the idea. I guess that's the idea is that they're supposed to, in a totalitarian way, be able to be able have the capability to just clamp down on you and sanction everything about you. 
And I don't think that is a good standard for a free society. It's really not. It's against our Fourth Amendment rights, and it's important to say so now. Say so yeah, today, and it is still true. And so the boundary is that the companies don't own the data, and that legally, you owning the data that you manufacture is real. It's common law, and by the Congress just ignoring it, um, the gray patterns can continue. Uh, but I think that that the opportunity is is coming out in that section 702 meeting that we need to have every now and then because they keep the industry going the gray market industry going for your data and the totalitarian way they can reach for it um, with this sunset clause like they they keep it going all right you need to say you need to just stop it you need to let it go and then they can purge all the data that by the way, they don't really have the right after a certain point. If you invoke your right, according to the Privacy Act of 1974, if you go to your senator, for instance, and you say, tell all of these agencies that have intelligence oversight, they do not have my permission to use my data in this way, legally they have to conform to it because that's the law. Now, they, they can collect it and tell and say that they have they have it on hand okay and if they don't want to comply with it they're they're in breach of the law and if they are found to be in breach of the law which you know the government accountability office is pretty good and they that's why we know what we know today and because of whistleblowers like Edward Snowden but they're not the only people working on data privacy within the government so the the Government Accountability Office is supposed to do routine audits to make sure that they are not over-collecting or what they are collecting is in conformance with the law. So I just wanted to tell you that so you can tell your brother that if anybody comes along and says, uh, you shall not use my data, they can just configure um, the architecture to accept that as a rule and then use it. Well, they don't, about that? They're, not, they're not a bunch of people who go around uh, philosophizing about the Fourth Amendment in his bureau. They're a bunch of typical law enforcement pe person mentalities, which I don't know if you've ever met one, but they, just, I always say there's two types. There's your, of cops, there's like your 20-something, maybe they had some middling athletic success in high school, but they still have a lot to prove. They have a degree in criminal justice but they couldn't get into law school and they uh, fear that they might never be able to earn respect so they have a job where they can go around demanding it because they don't know the difference between respect and just compliance and then there's your 30 something who might be a veteran coming back they got PTSD they want to carry a gun all the time so they take the job where you can do it where nobody looks at you like a crazy person and they've been shuffled into what is Obama admitted is a jobs program for people coming back with no other practical skills. And frankly, it's not even a skill because you shouldn't take a wartime mentality of policing your own citizens. Anyway, both of these types of people are not the type of people you want to be cops, and yet those two types together encompass about 90% of cops, and, and that's not just the cops, that's people the FBI and the NSA and people who do what he does. 
and he's uh, not that he does zero good. He does a lot to circumvent uh, and squash human trafficking operations and things like that. But the pretext. Well, I mean, is, 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 is there is there a story in there, Jonathan? You want to share any kind of victory there? Well, he's it's classified. Like he 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 always speaks in vagaries. You know, I, he leaves it to me to put it together because he can't tell me exactly what he does, but he uses words like interdiction and cartel, you know? So it's, you, there's only so many things involved in the whole Well, what was it that he interdicted exactly? Uh, interdiction in drug trafficking and human trafficking over the Mexican border. Like recently border. because of the, because of the... No, uh... he, this has been his job since he left the official army. Yeah, he did two okay. tours, one in Iraq, well, yeah, both in Iraq, I think. But he was in counterintelligence, so they trained him up to do this. And the, all those guys have get good six-figure private sector jobs, even though they're private sector. Though you're still essentially working for the government. It, you, you know, they contract it out so they don't have to say that you're government employees, and it makes their, you know, roster look smaller or whatever they need to do. Just like over in Iraq, you know, they're like, oh. We, can't, we have a recruiting problem, so we're going to pay private companies three times as much as we pay our soldiers to do the same thing. So now he's one of those people. He's in the latter group. Because anybody who's any good goes to the private sector and gets paid three times as much by the same government to do the same thing as the soldier gets paid. That's mm. there and at home. Well, that's, that's interesting. Um, what I would ask you is that, you know, if, if there's something that you wanted to, to tell us in terms of uh, did they achieve something by using technology? Yes, they have achieved things, but just knowing when and where to be. Any time recently? I mean, is there is there something you want to say? I don't have specific? a I don't have a specific anecdote for you, but okay. But you wanted to, was, to let me know that the work is being done, that it's the work happening, is being done, and it's a double-edged sword. Is the point? It's like he. He exercises some agency, and his higher-ups exercise some agency as to what is important. But then you have to have trust in those people. They're not, they're not just kicking down doors to throw brown people in jail for smoking pot. And that goes on, too, when their budget is in a squeeze and they need to make their fiscal requirements you know, or whatever. Or make their that's numbers. not what they're there to do. And there's plenty, there's plenty to do if they're aiming their resources in the right way. There's plenty I, I don't know how old you are, but you might remember that for like the entire '90s, like the drug dealer, the cocaine dealer, was the bad guy in like all of television. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of people who believe that is the thing they are there to do, vis-a-vis the propaganda machine convincing everybody that this is the worst type of person. If you know, remember the '80s and '90s TV, the drug dealers always got one ear in. Uh, you know what? Jacket, it's I, this is not Mohawk. a real. A real this isn't reality you know what i'm saying like like the law and order like you know book them dan them and get them in jail by the end of the episode doesn't actually happen okay yeah. that's not actual life so whether the propaganda is out there on television it's still it doesn't constitute or conform to reality and when i hear somebody say you know this is what you're supposed to do it's not that's not really what the law is is commissioning. If someone has reasonable suspicion, if they have been guilty of possibly breaking a law, if you have reason to believe that they're they're breaking the law, then you go and enforce the law. 
Okay, well, it's, you've it made an excellent case simple. for why you would make a better cop than most of the people who do it, but you have not made a case that more of them are not like I described than like you described, what they should be. We, I think we both distrust most of them in thinking they probably are. They think in less like you're talking and more like 90s TV. Well, I don't... I There are seminars and there should be more trainings... You know, if this is becoming a discussion about law enforcement and data handling practices by the police, well, I guess we could probably... Who else are you afraid of if we're worried about privacy? Well, I mean, I'm not afraid. You know, and the thing is, is that the fearing here is I don't want the government to overreach into my, my personal effects because that is my right. And, you know, there have been government actors in my life who've thrown their weight around far too much and demanded too much when they don't have due interest okay and that is an injury to my rights so getting them to back off has been an issue also dealing with other people who prefer to be powerful as the government who do not have the consent to rule such as criminals and psychotic people and um a-hole terrorists, okay? Those are people who also want to impose their ideology, if you will, their own right, version so of propaganda. It's the you same. Can... Some of these people, if they're out of, you know, in their, if they're operating from a place of delusion and not the law, the frame is the law. And, you yeah. know... <clears throat> You know, but if totally we're, we're adjacent to the law, might be the other the non-governmental actors that are using your data are using it in much more subtle ways, and maybe worse than the institution for which my brother works ever could, even if they are were full of bad actors. Because people like who aggregate mm. your data off to they're using it to subtly guide your consumer choices. They're using it. Well, to I mean, we we you. did talk about that. That's the dark patterns that we're discussing during the yeah episode. yeah. They're, they get you to feel like you're making free choices <clears throat> when they've already picked the choices from which you're picking for you. You know, it's like oh, choose this airline or not this airline. When the question should be bigger than whether you fly Delta or American or whether you drink Coke or Pepsi or whether you wear Skechers or. Uh, Reeboks, you know, they're all made by the same people. The stocks are owned by the same people and the land on which the manufacturing facility sits is all owned by the same people. It's a sort of a fake choice that they can use that data and AI together to create a feeling of freedom where there is none. And that's sort of like a, it's kind of like the matrix, I guess. Well, I mean, I, you, you have some points in there, but the fundaments, are also kind of having a, a conflict with some of the claims. It's not exactly a hundred percent. I would say that the more that we trust these systems, then they have they have the leeway. Like Facebook, for instance. Facebook got called out by the New York Post this week. What did they do wrong? Let's see here. What did they do this week? Let's see here. Here. Facebook spied on the private messages of Americans who questioned the 2020 election. So this was uh, Facebook has been spying on the private messages of, and data of Americans' users and reporting them to the FBI, which is not a surprise. They've got an FBI office embedded 
off of Hacker Way if they express anti-government or anti-authority sentiments. But nobody has a gun to your head to make you use Facebook. That that was the choice that you made and you signed No, I mean, I haven't been using Facebook since 2010. The moment I discovered that they were just a farm to provide intelligence to the gray market, I said goodbye. And yet there's but a nobody else did. things you can't do without it. Like there I'm are sorry, you were interrupting me? What, what did you want to say? I thought you were done. Well, what is it that you wanted to say, Jonathan? The Facebook is... you. There is a whole host of things you can't do without Facebook and things like it now. There are whole elements and sectors of society that if you want to participate in them, you almost have to use something like Facebook to advertise your business, to engage in small local commerce, like the Facebook marketplace is now the largest ongoing flea market in the world. Well, I don't and use it. But the, I don't either, but I know how much I miss out on because the people I know do use it. And I know who, what goes where and to whom and for how much. And I'm like, wow, if I'm trying to unload something as I, I was trying to move, mm. not using Facebook was a huge burden. Okay, well, let's just read this couple other these paragraphs here. Under the FBI collaboration operation, somebody at Facebook red flagged these supposedly subversive private messages over the past 19 months and transmitted them in a redacted form to the domestic terrorism operational unit at the FBI headquarters in DC without a subpoena. See, it's this kind of, you know, let's do the FBI a favor. Let's just, you know, kick them down some information without any kind of warrant or subpoena or legal legal um, bearing. That's the argument. Microsoft is doing this like, well, I'm just going to do this as a favor to the agency kind of thing. It was done outside the legal process and without probable cause, alleged one of the sources who spoke on a condition of anonymity. And they can sue the shit out of Facebook for this and the FBI. They can, and they should. I agree. Yeah, so there is a there is something. There is that. <laughs> You know that that's that's the error. Okay, the, the the government has a duty to conform to a, a law that applies to them. They're not just doing this willy nilly. You know, if they're gonna play get the bad guy, well, they gotta they've gotta do it the right way. Otherwise, everything is fruit from the poisonous tree anyway. They wouldn't be able to use it in court at all. And I'm sure that your your brother probably knows that they can't just go do a run on data to go find intelligence on a person and then not be able to use it in a court prosecution. So if the agenda is a court prosecution for for getting someone that whom they know is doing bad, then they've got to do it the right way. Otherwise, they're wasting the everybody's time. Do you remember the movie Seven? You ever see that one? Yes. Morgan Freeman goes through the FBI to profile this guy based on his library habits. Now, that information is of no use in court, and it was never going to be of any use in court, but they're still using it to kick their investigation forward. There's a whole library full of data that are used just for that purpose, and they don't ever come up with admissible or inadmissible because they're never used to prosecute. They're used to get it to the point of prosecution. Well, I'm not sure if that's hedging or if it's just kind of like one of those punch faking kind of when I hear information like that it's like what is what is the result 
I mean, they, they need to use the, the information adequately, but if the position is to intimidate the public into conforming to what, you know, making non-legal behavior or, or, or making legal behavior, non-legal behavior and blurring the line so that all things are criminal suspect. Well, that's not, that's minority report. You know, everything yeah, you do, everything you do is pre-crime and that, that, that is not a free society. So, um, we've got to wrap it up soon. I'm going to pull you into the speaker column so that we can get, um, yeah, usually has some interesting things to say. Texas won't censor him. Okay, Vladdy, you're the next caller. How's everyone doing this afternoon? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty spare. I, I think this new Texas ruling has got some people kind of kind of thumbed down. They're like, nah, I can't so say I'm, really. I'm assuming, because I'm ignorant on the subject, that the Texas ruling is in favor of the government instead of the people, correct? No, it's in favor of you having your nastiest speech online, actually. Oh. Your freest then... speech, that where you came onto my program... Which is broadcasting from Texas. Uh, and you said, you know, water the tree with the blood of tyrants and commission a really bad, like, bloody revolution. Viva la revolution! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, to which I always say, bloody, you're full of crap, and I'm not going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Sarah. We all know you're no, 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 I'm not going to help you. I'm not gonna help you. I'm not gonna help Derek. I'm not gonna help that other Fruit Loop that that's from South Texas who wants you know him and his his national divorce. You know I'm not helping any of you you people. I'm not helping you. And here I thought all along I had a partner in crime. Oh, you you know what? There's enough radical BS artists on this on this network that you could probably find somebody. Oh man, I always go head to head with all these cats. They're not exactly like I. They're not freedom-loving people, but you know what? They have something to say. Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of sad that uh, I hope the next uh, president, whoever it be from the Republican side, assuming Republicans are in power, whether Trump or DeSantis, they need to clean up house big time. And the FBI, the CIA, NSA, everywhere. There has to be new laws enacted. Listening to you guys about all this about AI, about your family being in military, and, mm. you know, intelligent. I'm sorry. Or, uh, Jonathan we gotta, also. We, we gotta, yeah. We got to become a more transparent country. Obama talked about it, but he lied. And most other presidents have never been true about it. Oh, and well, only to a certain extent. I need to say we, something to you about this transparency element, okay? And when Obama used the word transparency, it meant to make you more more transparent and him more opaque. I just want you to know that that's what it meant when he was saying it. Okay. I, I just want to know where all where are all Snowden's now? He's not here. He's in Russia. It's or Edward. It's Edward Snowden, and he's he's self-exiled in Russia. Unfortunately, I wish he could be here. His his child has dual citizenship in the United States. He's he's a he's a Russian. He has two kids now. Married with two oh. children, married in Russia, and had two children now in Russia. 
both born in Russia, which is crazy. He's got to be allowed because if, if there was going to be a true whistleblower, he should have been pardoned, allowed to come in. But what I'm saying when I say where are the other, or Edward Snowden, is where are the other within the within government, within the NSA, within the FBI, within the CIA, that should be coming out, should be pointing the finger, even though they might end up temporarily as Edward Snowden. Where are they that they should be calling out all this abuse? And well, the like, laws need to change mm-hmm. to incriminate Facebook and Twitter and all of them. Well, it's moving. There, There's privacy legislation that is moving, but they have not dealt, like I have been saying this entire episode, they have not dealt with the gray market aspect of this situation. Okay? Now, the Five Eyes have an agreement to get this information, but they, I think they have to buy it. Like, Canada, Canada would have to buy the information from, say, Twitter about me when I'm, I'm sticking out my tongue and razzing uh, them from over here about the, say, the Texas, you know, from Texas about their convoy, okay? You, you remember the convoy at the beginning of the year? Mm-hmm. Um, so if I if I stick out my tongue at Justin Trudeau going, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, and he wants to run intelligence on me, and, you know, and siphon information from, say, like, my website, which is architected in Vancouver. And he wants to shut it down and sanction me for doing those things. He would have to go to Twitter and he would have to go to other vesicles of the websites in other places and ask for that information. You know, he wouldn't be able to go to the U.S. government because the government is not supposed to spy on it. But he could go to New Zealand. He could go to Britain. He could go to yeah. Australia and ask for that information. He, he'll get your dossier sooner than later. But don't worry. I'll be right there <laughs> next to you making fun of this bastard, baby Fidel. The Together we'll be making hack, fun of uh, The whole thing about private property itself. This is just one more way in which they've done that. And maybe the problem is that your data is a commodity in the first place. Because even if I own my data, then it's mine to sell to whoever I like. Yeah, and that's I true. When I that little box that, that I have, nobody reads the nine pages of things, just to accept terms of the uh, iTunes user agreement, then that data has become a commodity that I've already signed away just to use the app or whatever that I need to Well, it's to licensing. Use. You always own it, and it is yours. The data generation is yours. And if you choose to sell it, that's your business. Now, if they got a brokerage... Or if they got a proper brokerage proper in there, so that it was more legal and more um, more yeah. on the level, because right now there's a complete and utter monopoly where the where the price and the exchange rate is fixed, and you have no say. You don't know where it is. You cannot price it. Everything is done completely like ten miles above your head. And so, because of this, um, the government has seen how this has been made or how this is architected. And um, they have capitalized upon it. It's sort of a parallel you know, argument to the like a you know what's scary when slavery ends and there's like two plantations and one's across the street from the other and they're they're like okay well you're free but I'd have no obligation to house and feed you now so you can rent food and uh, shelter from the other plantation across the street and you have basically the same situation except everybody's crossing the street every day and all you have to do create enough scarcity that they have no choice but to trade their time for exactly what you were getting for before. So it's like sir, slavery, serfdom. I mean, do you want slavery, difference? Jonathan? I'm just kind of wondering, like, what you want out of this. 
Well, I'm just making the parallel. That okay? Okay, but do you want slavery? Do you want a new serfdom? Do you want that? Exactly. Pointing it out is one thing, but you know, it's it's a great question. It's the question I asked you. Do you want? I don't know where that's coming from, but. Some no, people I don't think that slavery—you don't want slavery. Some people think that slavery is all you get, and because that's all you get, you—they—they they kind of force a false choice. Like they—they they co- coordinate a series or an environment where it's like, okay, you are already a slave. I'm going to put you into a slave construct so that you believe that you are a slave, and because you believe that you are a slave, you are going to fight as a slave and instead of you've been persuaded out of the notion that you are a free person so that was the first dupe okay the first dupe is to convince someone like you that you're not a free person okay and then the second thing they've got to do is say okay well now we're gonna we're gonna make you a mandingo fighter and we're gonna we're gonna put you against this other guy because that's what we the the all-powerful uh lords of the feudal reign reigning powers will will do okay whether they be plantations or whether they be feudal lords or the new new kings of of protestant uh corporate elite um you know it doesn't matter to me because you're really still a free person it's just that you have been somehow somehow you've been talked out of it and been told that by some leftist enclave that you know this is this is all you get and in order for you to participate in society where you're not going to be a free person anymore you just have to you have to trade into these other constructs and see because I never bought into that that mentality totally Um, I'm over here absolutely positing based on the government that I consented to and a representative government that I consented to um, that that the laws apply to the government and the laws apply to the people and the laws apply to the corporations and when they disenforce them you know i'm not going to you know be cynical and say oh well you know that's just the elite operating like the elite no that's bullshit i think that that the law should be enforced against anyone who 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 erects a parallel construct against the united states people go ahead Sheila, a lot of these guys here mostly guys and some girls on this calling app, they have that mentality. I proved that yesterday with Nivik on the Panburn. We were talking about universal basic income, and they, you know, convinced me on something. But immediately he starts talking about slavery and he starts attacking me because I'm the only conservative there. And I told him, Nivik, this is, you're the product of that indoctrination. If slavery, wokeness, and I'm a victim of society, is you're always repeating, that's always what comes out of your mouth. I go, that's because you've been indoctrinated. You you drank the Kool-Aid, brother. So you, you want to be a slave. You're, you're earning. You said you're socialist, so you're to the bent to the left, and you want expanded government. You want... Slow down. Slow down, buddy, because you're going robotic by the right government. now. If you really want to go into a slavery where you're... Okay. Cool? No, I mean, I, I think you need to repeat Good? the last four sentences of what you said because you went robo. Okay, basically what I was telling him on that is that I go, you've been in much. It's unfortunate that you 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 believe the lie of your victimess in your in your uh, what they call a political identity in, in in your victimhood. You buy the lie. You're doing good. You're flourishing uh, in comparisons to slaves that were owned 
under serfdom that had no choice in the matter, that had no freedoms, had no will, no free will, yet weren't allowed to express those things because they got dep de deprived of it by racist, ugly, horrible men. Like you, you act like you want to be a victim, but yet you're you're aspiring to a government that provides that that slavery. It'll give you everything you want, right? So as long as you're willing to submit to it, I go. You you you're into that shit. You've been indoctrinating that thing. I go. So a lot of the youngsters, what I noticed, Shayla, is that they they buy into this nonsense. They're willing to go down this road. I don't want to have it as hard as my grandparents or my mom. I don't want to work and only make fifty thousand dollars. So they have all these preset presuppositions. They've been they've been indoctrinated in school and in life. What happened? Nothing going. And 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 what ends up happening with a lot of these youngsters is they buy the bullshit that you're worthless. You're only good to be a slave. Somebody has to own you. Whether it's not directly said like that, it's like you got to depend. It's like depend on someone for your success instead you of making lie it. of your own freedom. And if you don't exactly, you no, know, I'm I'm kind of just just framing it in the opposite way. It's like you're like, oh, we're free. Uh, but the, my whole point is if the freedom is an illusion your choices are chosen for you ahead of time and they give you just enough variety of the same shit in different packaging to make you feel free but if you both believe that your starting point right now as we sit here in this room is freedom then what the fuck are you complaining about in here every single day if you're free what's the problem problem is you're not free well there's no, the, always the, the, going the, to be uh -huh, a uh -huh. power struggle in, in context of you know the powers that are around you not all of life is not a rosy a rosy construct and you know the origin of what i do you know it's not to take down the system or anything like that i i think once you get to know me or if if the listenership which is you and Miranda and Vlad and Nate and usually Joshua uh, get to know me um, as an activist I'm trying to just kind of decouple identity from from a an absolute governance construct I'm trying to take this toy away from the infantile elite or the the, the terrible tyrant infant who will be behave in a completely anti-human way towards towards the people okay it's super dangerous and you have to come from a place where you actually believe in human rights and you believe in human dignity and you believe that that people have inherent worth rather than um they are a commodity they are to be used they are to be um but they are they are commodities they are not commodities i don't believe that if your data Unfortunately, is, so. Jonathan, I I do not believe that people are commodities. I'm saying we've so been you, commodified. Okay. That's what I mean. And your data's now, been our data is now our data our data has been our data has been commodified, but I do not believe that as human slavery and human trafficking are against international law. Okay, those are things that are against the law. Slavery is against the law. Uh, and I have to keep repeating that to, to really annoy you, but 
Uh, those those truths are real. You're not annoying okay. me. You're making me roll my eyes because you think you're assuming my precepts are like I'm just saying something is a problem that it's happening, and you're like, no, that is a problem because it shouldn't be that way. I'm like, that's what I mean. You're saying exactly what I mean. It is a problem that we've been commodified because it does undermine our freedom, and it doesn't matter that your data is yours if it's still a commodity because all they have to do is create a situation in which you're not allowed to interface with society unless you sign it away and when you have to because all of the interfaces and social media i, I never and am, am compelled use, to do anything and i think that that's that's where we're kind of rubbing against well, one another a little you've bit you've seen the movie Jonathan? jared Meremiah johnson remember that movie with Robert Redford where he lives by himself up in the mountains like people don't live that way we need each other the absolute no the, I, the, the I understand I understand Jonathan it's just it's just that I am not going to conform to that and I never have but you're That's acting like you have a choice to abstain to step outside of oh society. I do and I have and I will yeah, I could also just go die like that's a choice I guess but that's not the real choice here is between signing your rights away and then walking off a cliff like is that really a dichotomy that you want to set up like um, I don't I don't know you seem to be architecting choices that are not choices and that's that, what and I'm saying framing, about you. you you were seem to be architecting choices that aren't choices and I'm thinking I always have choices no matter how hard they seem to be Viable and if choices. I if I make a choice that is outside of that paradigm that is still a choice doing nothing isn't is a choice but I always elect to do those things and that is how my mind stays free and how I perpetuate my brand of activism. Don't you think it's a problem to have a society set up in which you have to sign all of your rights away in order to participate in it? I don't I don't think that that's actively happening but in certain places. So what are you complaining America? about every single day including today if that's not happening? You do okay, think it's some happening. of it is happening in some places, and what I am complaining about, I don't think you've really been actively paying attention. What am I complaining about, Jonathan? That the fact that your data is being commodified and taken away from you, and you have to have it taken away in order to participate, because you click the little box at the end that says user agreement, and your data now belongs to the Chinese. That's a problem. You said so. Okay, so this is the problem, but how we want to approach it is is what different? Like, what is your solution specifically? Because my solution is to approach the SEC and get them to kind of intervene on the fact that it's been monopolized and the people are who are making the price point and the commoditization happen, they need to recognize, they need to admit that it's happening, and then they need to return the property to its original owner. But you, you, okay. I agree with the first part. But then you're remaining it as property. That's that last step. As if you, if it remains property, then it remains a commodity, and you can give it away, and you can be compelled to give it away by society that's designed to take it from you. You have to okay. depropertyize it. In okay, the first place. but you know the, the the issue is that it is generated by me. It is a creative element that is generated by me. It is mine. Okay. Anything that I make, whether it's a paper airplane, or a candle, or um, if I lay an egg, okay, it's mine. I made it. So I have the right to do whatever it is, whether to sell it or to not sell it. But that is my mind decision to make. Not a company and not a government. It's my decision. That's common law. Okay, and for ignoring common law, um, they are out of line. 
And if you want to ignore property rights, you have missed the point. And you, this is the argument that I am having with, you know, highbrow leftists in Berkeley, with Nicole Ozer in, at the ACLU of Northern California. You know, these are the people that are making the argument, well, you know, well, if it is commodified, like, it's already mine, and it's been overtaken by other people in a warlike manner, it's been weaponized against me, it's been used by other nations, why don't you stand up and advocate for the citizen? Can I jump in? The obsession with yes. ownership of it okay, is the reason it will it's mine. be weaponized okay, against but you. Let me, let me tell you You're something. You're not going to win their game. They're winning. Okay, they're I don't care fighting. if they're winning. I need to fight my game. Go ahead, Blanky. They've hacked let me, let me the core concept of the game. Oh, hold on. Say, Hold on, he's going to talk now. He's going to talk now. I'm, I'm not here to talk your relationship with that lady on the ACLU, but because they did not do nothing in COVID, the civil libertarians, That's right. that they, they're called, they lost so much respect. They're not out for us anymore. They're not out to help us, the people. They're there to help the corporate interests. They're crony than whoever's fitting their bill. And that's not right. They lost this argument a long time ago. The ACLU, I don't know, it has not been mentioned in a long time. It got secluded. They, it got they work for Soros. They, they're not yes. their own. Yeah, so that's why I have no respect for them anymore. I would not even donate or consider or encourage anybody to donate. They lost so much respect because this war where they should have been fighting for us and they should have been at the forefront, they have failed to do that. We should not be having these issues. But, of course, just tell them what they're fighting for. Trans rights, LGBTQ rights, and all this other stuff that is irrelevant, that is just being used to as a as a as a, as a veil, when there's other issues at the at the that should have been fought. Why why aren't they going after big pharma for 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 the for the abuse on on, on vaccines and and the outcome of deaths? Why, why aren't well, they, they going? Why they used to run run interference for, for for genetic privacy, which mRNA did touch. Okay, they used to do that. They used to to say, hey, you know, you guys ran outside the lines and, and you went against GIPA or uh, the GINA. So um, they have fallen down. They have become uh, basically a PR arm for certain issues, single issues for the identity clique. I, I kind of want to say something else before I let you guys go because I, I, lo I like listening to both of you. Nobody has said anything in regards to AI, or you're, you're talking about all this data that's being with, without, you know, commodified, without your authorization. Mm -hmm. What about when you, you're not talking to someone on the phone, you know you're not looking at the web, and you say, I want to go shop for coffee. And the moment you get into, in, 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 uh, you open up a browser, everything about coffee comes up. That's a dark pattern. <laughs> yeah, that's, you see, nobody talks pattern. about that one. That is horrible. That's why a lot of times I'd rather be quiet and not say I really want to buy a T-shirt. <laughs> it's third-party. Oh, it's a third-party um, mechanism that's embedded in in some of the mobile and geolocation apps. So, you know, if you if you look or you conduct a search on your phone, or you know, and it's based on third-party um, overreach, which they've been called out before in the past. Now, if the individual had rights. In the governance architecture of these companies, uh, but they they don't they they network them out because they're run by a bunch of batshit leftists from Berkeley and, and Northern California. So um, I 
they they hate property rights. They they don't want you to have any property rights. Okay, but you do have property rights, and by ignoring your property rights, um, it doesn't make it any less, you know, legal. Okay, they're just using a leftist construct to say, okay, because we don't like property, and all property should be protected and embraced and belong to the state. That way, you know, we we can protect you. Um, then. You know the individual has no rights okay and the pivot that they made at the northern california branch of of the aclu is they're like well we don't need to protect the individual anymore so i guess we're just gonna we're just gonna slowly crab crab walk back and you know we're just gonna work on racism and lgbt rights and we'll just find something else to do and screw these civil liberties over if you think you can leave that data intact as property and reclaim it, you got another thing coming. Well, That's I hope you won't be happen. fighting me about that, Jonathan, because I'm going to fucking win. It's not about you, like your argument and their argument are both based on the premise that it's left intact as property. They're like the state should own it, and you're like, no, I should own it. Like you, it doesn't. No, I do own it, dude. Destroyed. That's the difference. I have property rights here that are being ignored. I do own it. If you're trying to solve this problem through the lens of rights. You're going to be like the people who are being having their land bought up by the Chinese. They've hacked private property all the way down to the bottom of its core concept. Yeah. Well, and you're not going to be. You're not. You, there's nothing that you offer me today. Nothing. Not a single solution. Nothing. You offer nothing. Not destroy not the data aggregation process in the first place, so it can never exist as anybody's property in the first well, place. Well, I mean, you decommodify encryption it. is good. Encryption is good for that. That it can't be used for any if for for zero sum data, you know, like that. That's an excellent solution. Um, will it be done? Encrypt and make it, it illegal for anybody to keep it intact. So much, forget use it. You should be not be able to own something like somebody's purchasing history without their direct consent. And even then, that should be really hard to get because it's not something that anybody should be allowed to do in the background operations. So there's social networking software. Well, so you, you I don't. I don't think that's it. on Nobody the docket. It, it that's exist. not on the docket, Jonathan. And neither it is time for someone to at least speak to this issue. That choosing way, from what's on the docket is like choosing between Pepsi and Coke. It's just okay. The same well, shit. and I'm sure. I'm sure you'll choose either neither or one. But in the event that I have data ownership rights, which don't go away after this phone call, by the way. Um, you know, the SEC has a duty to protect those rights. Okay? So we'll come back to this. We can fight again another day, but this is the hill I'm going to go die on, bro. Um, I'm going to go. So this has been the Unsanctioned Citizen for Saturday. Thanks for playing. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen podcast archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and call in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.